Okay, Amar, we are back, and I wanted to make this episode really tactical. Let me kind of key it up. Absolutely. So when I was presenting on stage uh, maybe five, six years ago, there was a sales play that was taught to me by a lady named Jill Rowley. And Jill Rowley, number one sales producer at Eloqua, gets bought by Oracle. And they used to have her come on stage, and they would ask Jill, how are you the number one producer at Eloqua's Oracle, 10 years in a row, 52 quarters. And her answer was always, wahoo wah. Now, as a Canadian, I had no idea what the hell that meant, but she would explain to the audience of all these Oracleites that essentially that was the football battle cry to the University of Virginia. And what she was doing was she was dropping in LinkedIn, reverse engineering the alumni of the University of Virginia, where she went, and she would look for chief marketing officers, chief sales officers, and even CEOs. She would message them. And the subject line to that LinkedIn message or that email was Waku Walk. And door after door after door, she opened. Now, I'm going to tee it up to you because I want you to be able to explain the mindset from a sales training perspective, the how you do it. But I'm a huge believer that people buy from people they like and trust. And people like and trust people just like themselves. So when you walk a mile in somebody's shoes, there's this odd inherent trust. So with that, I'm going to tee it up to you. Talk about the university alumni search function in LinkedIn and how sales professionals keep booking meetings using their own past experiences. Yeah, for sure. I just want to dive in a little bit if I can. So this college or university alumni feature in LinkedIn is available for everyone. Like if you're watching this, you can just go to linkedin.com. If you have an account, you're in LinkedIn, of course, and then just search for the college or university that you've gone to or that you'd like to explore and evaluate for relationship signals. I've even seen people do this with military colleges, by the 100%. way. 100%. It's available for everything like, and it's all around the world. So if you're watching this in India or Iceland or Israel or Indiana, like it, <laughs> it works. That, that little eyes, right? It works everywhere. So let's do this. I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to walk everyone through it and we'll keep it super, super tactical. Give me a second and it should be popping up on the screen now. So I'm sharing the LinkedIn page of the college or university that I went to. I went to the University of Toronto. Um, so when you're on this page, you basically just scroll down to the menu here, kind of mid page, and you'll notice that there is a feature or a section called the alumni. Just click there. And it's amazing how many people haven't really explored here. Now watch this. So you have a lot of different search options, but look at how LinkedIn starts presenting the data. So they want to show you where the top people work, where they live. And if you click show more, um, and basically you can kind of click next here, what they do, what they're skilled at, like the whole nine yards. Now here's the beauty. Okay. You can enter your start year. Now I'll put in 1996 to 2000. That's kind of like when I went to university. All right. And from here, I'm going to basically start looking at job titles. All right. So it says search alumni by title, keyword, or company. So if you're selling into a named account, like say Nike or Walmart, you can plug that in here. 
but you can search multiple of everything. Here's how you do it. You use Boolean search. So you open up a quotation mark. Let's say I want to target chief marketing officer or VP of marketing or people that are, um, let's say, for example, chief financial officer. And I'm just picking this at random, right? Once this is done, I press enter and voila, the LinkedIn brain starts searching and goes, hey, Amar, there's 230 people that went to University of Toronto between 96 and 2000. Here they are. And lo and behold, go down and look, there's all of them right here. Now think about reaching out to these people. That moment that Jamie described as the Jill Rowley example, you can recreate that at scale. I'm willing to bet you, and I want all of you watching this to conduct this very exercise. Go in, do exactly what I taught you, and you'll notice that if you get 100, 200, 300 uh, people in your search results, how many of them can you book a meeting with based on the fact that you have this beautiful shared experience with them? So if we're looking at salespeople on prioritizing where we invest our time, as we should, why not start investing time into signals like this that are much more likely to convert? So that's the quick overview and demo. And if you have any questions on how to run this, you can always contact Jamie or I and we'll walk you through it because it's pretty simple. Again, it's all about spending our time where it's best spent, which is on talking to people, building relationships, right, Jamie? Yeah, and a couple details I noticed, I've been watching sellers use this search and they haven't been as concerned about the years that they went to school. Like, let's face it, some of the BDRs and SGRs might be doing this search, graduated in 2015 or 2020, but their buying committee are old folk like you and I who went to school in the 90s. So they don't use that as much. Um, what I've also noticed is you'll notice in that search criteria, there was uh, when you first start it, there was a list of companies and it's in order of operations of the graduates of your school, what companies do they migrate to? So I went to the University of Ottawa. So there's all this federal government business as an account. You can actually select specific accounts. So if you're a named account rep, you just pick all the accounts you'd sell into. And or on the right-hand side of that same search, there was cities and geography. So the same sort of thing. Uh, most sellers, you're either set of named accounts or you're a vertical or you're a geography. So you can say, well, I only care about people who went to my university, but I sell in California. You start collecting, uh, hitting California. Okay. So that was the first part to this. Now you have this great list of like-minded people walked a mile in your shoes. What would you say? So give us some stories. I've got one because I've done this a million times yeah. with my University of Ottawa alumni, but help the audience understand what, what would you say? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I always go in for something that will resonate immediately. So again, th this is all, a, this is all independent on all of you listening and what you can find, but you can mention the bar that everybody hung out in. I DJed at the university radio station, right? So I was what, mentioning what that. Yeah, they, they probably heard probably some of my radio shows, right? Friday nights. So 
I mentioned all of that because it got me instantaneous buy-in. And look, what we're trying to do as salespeople is just put yourself into the mindset of the buyer, right? How many prospecting messages are these people getting daily? So if you're selling to anyone that's like a director or VP, it's probably 10 to 30 a day. If you're a C-level, um, they're probably getting 30 plus a day. And these are numbers that Jamie and I have vetted. These are not just made up out of thin air for the sake of the podcast. So if you find something that can instantaneously break the barrier and land you into their attention box, you've, you've won 90% of the battle right there. Now, after that, it's super important that you structure the message that's short, that's sweet, and that has a very, very soft call to action. The mistake, now Jamie and I are going to do more podcasts on this, so we're not going to dive deep into detail now, but I will give you some high levels, okay? So if you're taking notes, listen now. Basically, your message should be less than 100 words. Number two, it should have a very soft CTA. The best CTA that we've been testing that converts like hotcakes is can I connect with you and learn more from you here? Just try that. You'll be shocked as to how many people want to have their ego stroke, but more importantly, they're genuine in wanting to help you. As long as you're not just like, here's my sales pitch, what works for you Tuesday at two or Thursday at four. As long as you've got a much softer CTA that slightly puts them on a pedestal, but also allows you to build a longer term bond with them through learning, you win. Jamie, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, just to kind of, I was going to make a recap because we're right at that 10 minute mark. Number one, you're always looking for, who do I go after? Account selection and account prioritization. Here are a group of people that are more likely to want to have a conversation with somebody that walked a mile in their shoes. So Amar just showed you, how do I reverse engineer everyone from my university and where they've gone? But number two is from a messaging standpoint, these people, you're starting the conversation at a personal level. Like my opening line was always, when was the last time you were back in Ottawa? And I'd ask two questions. One, when was the last time you skated the Rideau Canal? Now for anybody listening from around the world, it's the world's largest skating rink. It's an eight mile river that you can skate and it's big, uh, like big for the Ottawa region. Number two when was the last time you had the crappy chicken wings and beer at Fathers and Sons? It was the pub of the university that everybody knew about. It immediately softened the conversation. Then as I brought it to business, to Omar's point, the CTA, the call to action, didn't have to be as hardcore as we got it in the prospect. So uh, everybody listening, as we promised, these podcasts are going to be snackables. And uh, really hope you enjoyed this. We'll see you soon, folks. Take care.